advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war up there. And we are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. I know for a fact. And to secret proceedings. Weapons of mass destruction. I have a dream. I take the threat very seriously. A new world order. Your government thanks you for your participation. You are now listening to the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Please, read from sheets. I am... Sofa King. Sofa King. Now repeat all very fast, please. I am Sofa King. Faster. I am Sofa King. No, not so fast. Loses meaning. I am Sofa King. You say funny things. Keep seeing this Misty Fogel whiskey right there, and I keep it, I never can read Fogel. It's always Foghorn. Mm. Yeah, it's always Foghorn. Yeah, Leghorn. Yeah, I don't know why. It's I see Foghorn, Leghorn, I Misty. Say, I say, I say, I say, that's I'll, good whiskey. I'll, I'll say, yeah. That's how she sounds. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah, not probably. It is. No, you met her. Yeah, mm. I have. They went camping. I have a, we have another <laughs> we have another yeah. whiskey. She has beer. a huge dick. Um so I got it like great bottle. Right. Fucking great bottle. Horrible label. Yeah. Let me it, see. What, what, I didn't even look at it. What is it behind the DG? Uh, hmm. The windmill? Yeah. That's what the D stands for. It's not as <laughs> terrible as some of the others though. It's a bad label. Though. It's a. Like, it's not the label. Badass, for as badass as that it, bottle is, it's like that's your fucking. Label. It's not the label. It's the logo. Well, that's the worst label. Well, that's the worst whiskey. Yeah, you're t- p- picking up the goat. That was fucking awful, dude. Yeah. That was a fucking horror show. That label, the goat label, perfectly matches the content of the bottle. That's true. There was another one that had a bad label. I was like, God, why is this so bad? Yeah, I mean, they just went with a bad art director. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, I don't think that's like terrible. Terrible. The logo's terrible. Bad. The I logo's the, bad. If the DG wasn't there and it was the windmill with the stuff under it, it's just hard to even follow where I'm. What, what am yeah, I looking at? I like, like it's just a bad design. I didn't even anyway, know that was a windmill. I thought it was a fucking snail or something. That's not to take away from the thanks that we're giving to Matt Hutter. Mm-hmm. Or to the whiskey itself because we haven't tried it. I just Driftless Glen. It's Driftless, Driftless Glen. Glen. Dave's so mad about the fucking label, he didn't even oh. say what it was. <laughs> Ooh. Well, it's a. What is that? It's rye. It's a rye whiskey. There's some kind of. Oh, man. Ooh. That's weird. I didn't let it. It's almost like a, it almost hits you oh, like a, wow. like a, like a mint, like how a mint, like I'm going to have to hit drink Ooh, more. Like how a mint. Well, you know how a mint sure. like brings in cool oh, air. Man, that's it delicious. It didn't hit the side of my tongue. And that's warm coconut. I'm getting like a caramel coconut and I got, <laughs> I got hot down the esophagus. I got hot down the esophagus too. It's delicious. I'll say that. It was, that was very different. It's very good. There's some very familiar something that I can't it's quite make out. Coconut? Uh, it's coconut, 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 man. I'm getting full on coconut in there. My taste fucked up too, though, so I'm, mm, I might not true. be getting everything. Like I'm only catching the hot of the whiskey. Then again, man, we did just—it's still hot. Yo, it's hot in the in the esophagus. Mm, yeah. it's hot as fuck. We mm, did just eat wow. some Fritos, though, so that might have changed our palate. Actually, I might—I need to eat some because I got heartburn. I got—I got, I got uh, what is it? Acid reflux. Mm. What's the difference between acid reflux and heartburn? I think acid reflux is a more 
permanent like, long term. Oh, oh, maybe I have that. <clears throat> I think heartburn is just like, oh, I ate something it's and an it's event. flaring up. Mm. Yeah, I think acid reflux is the same exact thing uh, as heartburn. It's just it's no. Nah, mine's after like like it's I said, more I, chronic. Yeah. I think acid reflux is when yeah. you have like a hiatal hernia. I just need to stop eating shit like no. that. Make gives me acid reflux, yeah. right? Or heartburn, heartburn. But it doesn't hurt my heart. I think acid reflux is the condition. Heartburn is the effect. Uh, there you go. There you go. Maybe yeah. that's it. That's pretty smart. <laughs> it's me, bro. Yeah, that doesn't have like a, a, a description of like lofty apple from. and oats. Like it doesn't say like what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. It does not say <laughs> lofty, lofty apple and oats. <laughs> you like that, huh? What's a lofty apple? My favorite childhood cereal. Yeah. Nice bowl of lofty apple and oats. Lofty. Mm, they're up there. They're sitting in the loft of the barn. Yeah. Man, just not a cereal sounds good right now. Yeah, lofty the owl yeah. was their character. Because I got, re- mm-hmm. I got yeah. reflux burn. Cereal was doing it for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. See if there's any lofty apple oats descriptions. Yeah. I don't think there is. Usually cheaper whiskey doesn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Jeffless Glenn. <coughs> I mean, <coughs> pop off vodka's description doesn't say lofty apple and oats no. like on the back. You know. Oh, there's a restaurant. That's weird. Jeffless Glenn. Oh, that's probably where the uh, what do you call it is the windmill. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Go on without me. I, I'm having trouble finding this, but oh wow, that's not not cheap. Oh, this one's fair. Never do that, but they make some crazy shit. There's some real, real expensive bottles. It's I cool. bought. Uh, this says a uh, smooth, cool flavor. It did have a cool flavor. It it was that mint. That's yeah, what I got that mint thing. Yeah. It said uh, imparts what many call a spicy yet fruit profile. <clears throat> Sweetens and entices. Oh, Lofty yeah. apples abound. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, That's, I'm just reading it. Okay, That's what yeah. It says. Dave got me my Nika <clears throat> coffee yeah, grain whiskey. Yeah, which it's not coffee, <clears throat> coffee flavored. It's made with made in a coffee still. So we'll which see. Is named after like Wilhelm Coffee or something. Mm-hmm. Or the guy who made the still type. Yeah, so it's 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 distilled a certain way. Yeah, uh, which which was kind of interesting to me. So, um, yeah, it's made in Japan. So we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll have to give me a report mm-hmm. on it. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty label. I like it. Yeah, I, any, uh, I check like seven websites. Lofty Apples is all I get. Yeah. yeah. Anybody have an uh, El Yucateco experience this week? I ran out of Triple X. Brent just drank Cobra no, and fucking Black. <laughs> I did That's do that. That's true. You did do that. Wouldn't recommend episode. that. Yeah. <laughs> a, a glob of black. For some reason, yeah, it fucks up the. Oh, you know what? Like, which reminds me, you gave me that fucking bubbly flavor, which I just, I've decided I just like. Uh-huh. Fucking, but water. I just want water in the right. soda stream. But right. Dave gave me a peach, um, bubbly flavor thing for your. But I didn't read any directions. There's no dropper on that motherfucker. I don't know how much you're supposed to put in there. It's like a little. It's a little bottle. You pour it in there. Right. The other one was like a half a teaspoon per bottle. Yeah, that would be a lot because I put a tiny ass a bit, and it was peachy oh, as really? fuck. But it caused that motherfucker to explode. I think you <laughs> just put it in after. <laughs> You yeah, do, you yeah. You put yeah, it in after. Well, who would think it's just a flavor? Like. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to carbonate. They caused the water. it to explode. It yeah, disaster. carbonate the water first, then you yeah. drop. All it the in directions there. say to never add any flavoring of any sort mm-hmm. to the water until after. You ever try to soda stream your King Cobra, bro? No, oh, that'd be delicious. Yeah. Might be a mess though. Man, yeah. these Fritos are good. 
Fuck yeah, they are. Fritos are delicious. Three ingredients in that shit. Yep. Simple. Is there? Yeah. Simple, Brad. Corn in America? Corn oil and salt, baby. Oh, wow. Crazy, right? That's all that's in that shit. You think they would have put sodium monothylate or some yeah. fucking bullshit, man? <laughs> some caking Something. agent. Yeah. yeah. Wow. These are like the purest <clears throat> things in America. Yeah, they are. They really <laughs> Fritos, the purest thing in America. They really are. I mean, I mean, fuck, dude. Like, yeah, something that's not like labeled organic, no. like fucking like bullshit. No, like, no one said it was organic. No, no, no. I know that. Yeah. But I'm saying like. Some, this motherfucker would be labeled like fucking three right. ingredients. Fucking, you know what I mean? Well, like, they got lots of chips. I'm sure Doritos say a bunch of fucking crazy shit. Oh, for shit sure. Oh, they have dextrose and yeah. fucking. But I'm even going to argue like that, like those are just as good as any of the flavored Fritos. Yeah, man. They're simple. Like, they, I don't need anything more than that. They're real close to corn nuts. Like they taste mm-hmm. almost yeah, yeah, yeah. like an original <clears throat> corn nut. Corn yeah, nuts are corn. Good. Corn nuts are great too. And corn nuts are amazing. Man, corn nuts will break the fuck out of your teeth. Yeah, if they you got will. a bad tooth though, you better be real strategic <laughs> yeah. about where you bite down. That on motherfucker, yeah. those motherfuckers will break yeah. the these, fuck out of your yeah, teeth. These rocks are delicious, <laughs> and they're the worst. You get if, some that are like they just they just crunch easy, and then you get that one that just fucking. Yeah. Did it break or did my tooth fucking snap yeah. off? And they're the worst if you're not. Um, if you're on a road trip and you're not eating them, it is the worst thing that could be in the car. Oh, yeah, they're loud. If someone else in the car is eating, like, barbecue corn nuts and you just got that barbecue smell and that loud-ass fucking crunch, it's like, motherfucker, you're about to be hitchhiking. Junior high barbecue corn nuts, man. That was, like, the first time I had so The ranch good. ones, yeah. Ranch yeah, ones are cool. Ranch ones are good. Yeah. The, what are they? Oh, they B- had those picante, yellow ones. The, the picante. picante yeah, the yellow yeah. bag. Oh, picante. So corn nuts are delicious. Oh, what's the weird teal, the teal blue bag? <laughs> now we're going to start a thing. Fucking, <laughs> somebody's in the UK. What is a corn nut? <clears throat> Did you see someone? Uh, trying to hit you in the face with a corn and nut on your fucking chin. I don't know if it was a joke chin. or not. They asked, what are Fritos? F-R-E-E-D-O-S. Yeah. yeah. What are no, I don't think it was Fritos. a joke. I think they're just from no. the UK and they've never seen well, them. They're, so from, it's like, they're like some American thing. They're fucking Fritos. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> they're made out of freedom, oh, freedom right. and corn. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, corn nuts are, are just as good. I'm going to look up corn nut ingredients. Got to be pretty basic. Corn and nuts. Yeah. Keep going, Dave. Don't wait for me when I say I'm looking something up. I don't, I don't have a whole lot right uh, now. Maltodextrin the, right off the top. There you many go. patrons? Yeah, we got patrons. Um, so again, thank you, El Yucateco. Make sure you check them out. Catch them in the wild. Take a picture. Uh, put them in your mouth. Um, we like to give uh, uh, corn oil salt, original corn nuts. Yeah, the original They're probably like pure that. Yeah, and full of freedom as regular Fritos. Yeah. So I'd like to thank our uh, patrons. Uh, we're trying to get through the whole list and give shout outs to people at the top of every episode. Uh, the patrons uh, make the wheels go round. They make our jeans grow. They make our bellies be full of ramen. Uh, they make stamps.com rich. Um, but we want to thank, uh, our patrons every episode. If you'd like to support us, um, in some way, and you've got some extra scratch in your wallet, then sign up at patreon.com black slash King podcast, uh, for just a buck, you can get bonus episodes. We've got like 160 of them or something out now. Um, and then if you give more, you get all kinds of cool gifts and swags and people are watching shit, live so right now. People are watching live right now, et cetera. Um, so first we have San Sully. Hmm. Sen Sully. I've seen him on. It does have it. It's a great name. Yeah, he's, I've he's seen, a great I've, cook. I've, I've seen, seen him in the cooking group. I've seen him on Facebook in the in the gays only group. What kind of food? I'm ignoring that. What kind of food <laughs> does Sen Sully he likes, cook? He likes fruit, all types. But he and uh, Taylor Hasty recently uh, 
Taylor Hastie's a chef. They made me an honorary member of their Asian cooking club. Just me and Blake Stubbs are the only white dudes in there. Like they sent pictures of the food we posted to their Asian friends. They're like, hey, fucking white dude made this shit. They let mm-hmm. me in. What if I make some cool noodles? Do Post it. it, bro. Put it in the scrumptious mm-hmm. group. I don't want to get be, in the scrumptious group. I don't want to be associated with Asians. Yeah. I'm no, there's some good group. food in the scrumptious group. Mm-hmm. Might get bombed. So thank you, San Sully. Uh, we also have Alexis Austin. Mm. That sounds like a name. <clears throat> that sounds a like a cheap, name. like a cheap uh, offshoot of Richie Rich in the 1980s. <laughs> Alexis Austin, like they made the Alexis Austin cartoon, and she was just as rich, but had like a robot maid. It also something. sounds porno as fuck, though. Oh, no, it totally yeah. sounds porno. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Carmen Electra and Alexis, Alexis Austin. Austin. Yeah, that is that is a pure porno yeah, name for sure. <clears throat> then we have Shane Harkin. Yeah. I feel like we've done him we before. Have. We we have. Brad have definitely did him. him. Oh, yeah. They were yeah. camping. Yeah. He didn't no, capitalize his No one can go camping ever again. We Shit. ruined it. I go camping all the time. You're the one who every yeah. every time camping I go up, camping all the time. Yeah, I go camping all the time. No gay shit happens. So I don't know where you're. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, I didn't touch anybody. I'm just looking. Yeah, just exactly. Looking you're, yeah, you're just harking at that. Just harking around the Harking for a towel slip. <laughs> so I think we can Shane stop Bear. Right there. <laughs> Bear. Yeah. It's a, Shane's a Harkin. Yeah. Yeah. If the Shane's a Harkin, don't start barking. Um <laughs> he's out there, that Shane Harkin for all us sinners. Um so yeah, and of course, uh, we are a founding member of the Podbelly Podcast Network. Uh go to podbelly.com um if you're interested in pods or bellies. Or dot coms, podbelly.com has you covered, and we are there. So go check yeah, it out they'll for they'll podcasting, all that stuff. They have podcasts yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I think they have podcasts and they don't have pods or bellies. Mm, a couple of those really pods got some that. bellies, I bet. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> Maybe. We're one of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Um, so our topic today, uh, we went back and forth. I just, uh, can we start Dad Pod as our new episode? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Our new new uh, podcast. Um, I made a little uh, video post asking for topics for our 600th episode, which is our previous episode. So are you happy now that we're at 601, Brad? You said you'd be happier at 601. Than yeah. At yeah. We, okay. we made it past We made it past the barrier. Like, yeah. That could have been like, that could have been disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could have broke up like the Beatles. 600 could be the end yeah. of most podcasts yeah. and we made it through the barrier. Yeah. Made it through. Um, on our, well on our way to 700. Yes, we are. He's right. Barrier. It's stepping over the finish line. Yeah. You know I mean, it's, it's crossed it. crossing yeah. it. Yeah. So um, within within that list was uh, Gene Roddenberry. And uh, Brent and I were talking and we went back and forth between do we want to talk about Gene Roddenberry? Do we want to talk about Trekkies? Right. Because um, I think they're both worthy of their own. Uh, I think episode. Trekkies is still its own thing. Yeah, I think yeah. Trekkies is still its its own thing. And I started looking into Trekkies a little bit. And I was really getting sold on the idea of Trekkies because I didn't realize that they were just like fresh out the gate year well, what's one. What's wild is they like bridged the gap. Like, you know, like Star Trek, people don't realize it kind of disappeared for a little while there. Oh, yeah. And like underground fans kept, kept that going. shit going. Yep. Even when Roddenberry was out of work, the, the there were inventions kept him up paid. and it was getting bigger and you bigger. Know, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But then when I started looking into Gene Roddenberry's actual background and his life story before he created Star Trek, I was like, wait a minute, this guy's a motherfucker right here. He's a little bit and of a then, storyteller. I he's mean, a little bit in of a storyteller. Ways, not only, not only not writing stories. Good. Yeah, some lies. You know, and once you start to get into some of the shit that goes down on the show, he's kind of he's kind of dealing dirty a lot of the times. I'll tell you what, there's an hour and like 30 minute interview with him and it is so awkward. Like I feel bad for him a little bit because they didn't edit it. Like it was like he sat there and he knows he's in TV. He knows how it works. He bet, can I do that one over? And they leave it in there. Well, that was probably just the raw footage. Like it was probably originally cut up and commercials in the middle. That shouldn't be out there. I don't know because it's real awkward because he starts to talk and it comes across so weird because he's like, I'm going to do that one over. I'd like to tell my children something. And you're like, what? And he's like, so, uh, and he like looks over, he's like, is everyone ready? Like, it's very fucking behind the scenes. Where no, it's I'm like, sure oh. it wasn't intended to be seen as a whole reel. It but was probably it, meant it's to be It's such cut a different interview and, when you see it that yeah, way because yeah. everything's revealed. You see the fucking wizard. But you that's know? how all the interviews would be done. Mm. You know, you're going to sit down and be on camera for an hour for a fucking 12 minute blurb. He's, you a, know? he's not good at the interview, though. It's he's not. Weird. And even, I don't even think it's in my notes, but at one point, one of the producers who met him for the first time once Star Trek was happening was like, who is this guy? Like, he doesn't even, like, he couldn't have put on clean clothes. <laughs> like, it got a little weird, and he was like, in our family, we touch. Like, and there's no weirdness with, uh, I was like, they got weird right now, the yeah. way you fucking said <laughs> yeah. that shit. Yeah. It already yeah. got weird. Like, we like we kiss on the lips, and like and we, we, we touch, and we hug, and we hold, and I he's was like, kind of a weird. He's kind of a weird guy, and he kind of crosses some lines. I'll definitely say that. Like, I love Star Trek. Love yeah. it. It's probably my favorite intellectual property out there. Even um, the old fucking shit that's corny and love fucking it. weird. Fucking love I, it, I do, man. Like I'm not as hardcore as you, obviously, but I could be. I, I could see myself right, watching right. it all. I just haven't invested the time. I even stumbled, unfortunately, onto a. It's actually done really fucking well. There's a thing called Star Trek Continues, mm-hmm. and um, it was just like a bunch of people who did a Kickstarter, and they were like, they took like their favorite episodes of the original series, and they were like. But it kind of feels like it ends. I'm like, we're still in the middle of this shit. Right. Well, so they were like, no what, would, what would have happened next? And they made, I don't know, they made like 14 episodes or something and they recast everybody. But the guy that does Kirk does a really fucking good job. They had and someone replace like, Shatner? Yeah. They, everybody, like everybody is completely replaced. Different crew. The guy, Grant Amura from Mythbusters mm-hmm. plays Sulu. Oh, fuck yeah. That's like, so sad uh, he died. I can't believe he died. He's I know, so dude. Young, man. But it's like they rebuilt the, the sets, they rebuilt everything. And did um, you ever they, go to Universal when you could go to the fucking uh, Star Trek? Uh, part and they would like beam some audience members up and shit. Oh, that was in, uh, that was in Vegas. I went to Universal when I saw. Oh, it. they did. Yeah. I did it in Vegas. It fucking mind <laughs> yeah, they had the, blowing. They had dude. the full fucking bridge yeah. and like yep. they called four people up, you took them back, put them in. Yeah, they put them in fucking. You uniform, get fucking trans <laughs> transported and, and they put them on the fucking mm. uh, the transport platform and fucking beam them away right in front of you. You're like, whoa! How the fuck did well, that happen? The one that I did in Vegas was even fucking trippier. Because you line, and it's just like Star Tours, and you're like, the doors of the ride are right in front of you, but they're shut. Right. And the cameras are up, and they're telling you how the ride's going to work, and cautions, and whatever. And you're sitting there watching these TVs, and all of a sudden, like, there's like sparkles, in, sparkles in your eyes, and like this weird whoosh, and like you feel this lurch in your stomach, 
and then the lights come back up and you hear the transporter noise and you're in a different fucking room and there's a dude at a console that says captain i've just beamed them all up and you're standing there like what in the fuck just happened they somehow rotated like you the stage. just fucking transported me yeah see mine was more it was like you didn't not everyone got to do it they called like some people from the audience no, they did every single uniform per, every though. single person on the ride and like and the thing is i went on it multiple times and i was like i have to see how this is done right it was fucking the floor even changed yeah the one like I, you're standing on a transporter pad that's glowing and like there's hmm. the walls are gone like the whole thing had to be lifted but then a fake ceiling had to be slid back in like i don't yeah, i don't the, the dude, one it was, I, it the was one vegas I watched, magic they, they like actually filmed a short little episode so like everyone was up there and they like oh no we're gonna get hit and like this person's playing that and everyone had to lean to the left and then lean to the oh, right and then cool. they fucking shook shit and then i think at the end of it you could buy the tape or whatever and oh, it was nice. like oh it was a little mini episode and then yeah. they play it back for you and you're like wow that fucking looks real that's how they did that they fucking yeah. leaned and they made yep. it all look like lights flash yep. it was yep. cool hmm. so um but yeah so the whole <clears throat> even though he kind of as i was doing the research like I kind of wished I didn't research it. <laughs> they said, you know, never meet <laughs> your like, heroes, Dave. I was like, Ugh. never meet yeah, your I heroes. I watched a YouTube video where the guy, and I saw it was actually in your notes. I was glad to see it where they debunk a bunch of claims. Of, yeah, I've got know, it in the show notes. Theme songs and shit. Now he was like, Hey, right now I know people are pissed at me. Yeah, he's like, You can't be mad at me because this is real. Like he's like, This is just is what it is. And he's like, Look, I got this from both of the executive producers of Star Trek and at least one, sometimes three interviews from the stars of the show right so these are you know and it's and like, i saw oh, a little weirdness because i didn't realize like oh like uh next generation like he just wasn't involved that much really and you saw Riker and picard and everyone like in their interviews talking about and they're like he was a very uh uh generous and uh <laughs> accommodating man yeah. you're like what a weird compliment hmm. like i don't feel like they liked him that much or something right. like it was weird hmm. he was yeah, on star trek star trek drugs, for me is like, motherfucker took all kinds of drugs yeah, yeah. star trek for me was like uh i came in next generation sure you know what i mean like if, if it was on tv like that was on and i i would watch it you know because i have like this like like space you know what i mean like yeah, any, you mean any the final frontier mm-hmm. is that what you're yeah, referring to yeah, right. captain's log yeah. Yeah. yeah and and like um you you know you have this like fascination with space or whatever captain's log earlier yeah look like a klingon's head the spine on his head fucking <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, but it's like the I captain's law. I never. That's what I'm calling my dick from now on. <laughs> captain's log. <laughs> captain's um, log. Star date. Three minutes from now. Yeah. Yeah, and and it. Uh, I don't know. I watched it, but I was never like uh, like infatuated with right. it you know what i mean like right. it was a good show i, I would watch it mm-hmm. uh the old stuff's like a little too corny for me like yeah. it's like not i'm not there but i did watch like the movie i like the um what was the movie that they did with the younger kids like the different cast the Chris uh, Pine. Newer one, the three of them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. into yeah. the darkness uh, uh what was the first one though it was star like trek. star called trek, trek yeah. that was actually a good movie i liked like it, it yeah. was actually it's star trek beyond and into the Darkness. yeah and I, I haven't seen into the darkness i might have to watch that one That's but good. i watched like the first one and i was like Oh man, none I of the characters are the same and all this, this shit. And I was like, it's probably going to be sorry, but it was actually pretty good. Yeah. Like, I, I coincidentally like, oh. watched all those movies this week and didn't know we were going to do Gene Roddenberry. And then what happened was, who the fuck was it? It was like Joel Attenborough or someone posted the story about the plane crash thing. That's what brought it to my attention mm. more than even the list. And it was like, oh, look. I'm having headphone issues. Is it fuzzy? Uh, yeah. You good? Yeah, that's better. <laughs> that you. fix it? That's how we fix things Hello. in Russia. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Hello, can you hear me? You good? Yeah, I'm good. That's why I fixed it. That's what the D stands for. Right that there. is what the D stands mm-hmm. for right there. So the main thing, though, about Roddenberry, and the thing that I've always loved about Star Trek, about most Star Trek, is that he has this, um, like, especially in the next generation and, and beyond, he paints the future as this utopia. Right. And it's like, and if you really think about the extension of the technology, it all hinges on like the, the transporter, right? Where you can beam people up and whatever. Yeah. The transporter <coughs> extends to become like whenever they walk up and Captain Picard says, you know, Earl Grey hot. And right. there's a little surge and Earl Grey appears like that simple, innocent, never fucking makes a huge plot line machine would be the, the thing that changes all of human history. Because now everyone would have a replicator in their house and every, and that's part of the utopia is no one has to work for a living in this future glorious earth. You don't want, and then you don't want for anything. And everybody in humanity strives towards improving themselves, improving humanity or improving the, the galaxy. Right. So it's like they either study art and become the best them they can be, or they join Starfleet and try to help the rest of the universe or they, I feel like people are inherently greedy though. Like the, I, I get like the socioeconomic, like fucking, impact of not wanting anymore but people will want they'll be like i'm just gonna have as many earl grays i fucking want the replicator like button 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 they just keep pushing fucking earl gray until they fucking piss their pants well then people they piss are, their pants i know but i'm so people like love excess but maybe it's because enough time has passed they slowly acc- i think that's they the slowly idea. acclimate i mean some people idea. like in excess i never really yeah. like their music yeah, they're okay yeah um so the, uh, the cult nexus and he no. even like you see episodes in in the particular like in the next generation there's an episode uh called the neutral zone where like some humans from modern day are frozen in a cryogenic chamber and they get thawed on the enterprise and they're all fucking freaking out because the one guy's a wall street millionaire and just wants to get his money back and they're like there's no such thing as money right and that's kind of when they <laughs> start explaining it you know and uh, picard's like we've eliminated hunger we've eliminated the need for possessions um and and the the way that the star trek characters will often put it and that's the way picard said it is we've outgrown our infancy and the idea is that this greed that dominates human history right now is the infancy of the of human evolution and will eventually yeah. get smarter and wiser and go beyond it and that's just I mean, yeah, you might say it's naive, you might say it's whatever, but it's fucking beautiful. Very little sci-fi does that. Most sci-fi comes from a dark place, and it's the end of the world, and there's a fucking cosmic war, and the aliens are trying to kill us, and the Guardians of the Galaxy, like what? And it's like that's just great, you know. And it's like even when that, like, and it isn't the way in the new shows, like Picard and Discovery, but it's like, and they go out of their way to say this on multiple episodes, like the Enterprise is not a warship; it's a ship of science and discovery. Yeah, like we're discovering things, we're trying to broker peace, we're trying to explore the galaxy. You know, and they're it's the like, Jehovah Witnesses of the universe. Basically, yeah. yeah. They're going door to door. But it's not a warship, you yeah. know, and it's like, but if you look at Battlestar Galactica, it's a fucking warship. Right. And the whole thing is about a war, you know, and it's like, and Star Trek gets into wars and so forth. But I think that, I think that's why there's Trekkies. Cylons and there's Klingons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have those fucking guns. You do, you do. But I think that's why Trekkies became fans of the show because it was so fucking optimistic. And picture in the 60s, the only time I can think of that was shittier and more tumultuous than right now, Mm. (laughs) you know? And it's like to suddenly have this show 
that is optimistic. You know, you and know what though? Like, I think, I think, I think, fucking the sixties were worse. You know they what I mean? Were. Like, I, I really feel like, like right now we have so much at our fingertips. Yeah. You know what I mean? People like to complain. People like to like to think that they're living through this fucking crisis. And like, yes, we we do have bad shit going on. Like, there, but there always has been. Yeah, you know but you're what not mean? chucking your piss pot nah, out the window yeah. on someone's fucking head. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, dealing with fucking. You know, you're plagues. not living with no power. You're not. Yeah, I mean, like sort of plagues, yeah. but not. Well, really. yeah, but we have the technology and the you know what I mean and the know how to <clears throat> to handle shit. Uh, the '60s were a fucking just no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> Different fucking monster, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, there's just all kinds of things going on in the '60s. Harry Armpits love yeah. drugs, bro. So it's yeah. like even little things, Mary like fucking Poppins. So like he he's creating this cast of this ship in the future back in the sixties in the original series. And he's like, okay, what can I do? I'm going to make the communications officer be African-American, like the first African-American woman in a mm-hmm. lead on a fucking show. She got mm-hmm. death threats, all this shit. Like he's all Martin, sexy as fucking. Yeah. I want to get with her. Martin, well, he did get with her. I know Martin Luther <laughs> King, like called her when she was going to quit and yeah. said, you can't quit. Yeah. It's too important for yep. the nation. And then Martin Luther King gets killed. Exactly. <laughs> but like, then even like, little uh, things like we're in the middle. Well, of the he cold. had, he had an Asian too. Like he, he yeah. was, it, there was, he the did Scottish, have diversity. Asian, yeah. Even throughout like the cast, a major yeah. character is a Russian. Like yeah. at a time where everyone's got the red scare, no one trusts the Russians. And it's like, no, he's a beloved, trusted member of my bridge crew. It's like that really pushed boundaries, yeah. you know? And it's I like, and the, then when he does next generation, it's like, okay, <laughs> they pick, they make the Klingons, the big baddies in the original series. But then it's like, okay, now we're doing the next generation. And originally Jordy LaForge, who's blind, was the pilot. Yeah. So it's like I'm making a blind pilot and right. overcoming disability. I'm making a Klingon who was the enemy in the last one, a trusted beloved member, just like yeah. I did with a Russian. So yeah. it's like he's got this open minded utopia yeah. vision. That's because his family all touches each other. That's and, right. That's you know. right. George, George's got that, no that chrome banana clip from the 80s. Yeah. Though. He does. You can yeah. see yeah. the chrome banana clip. Yeah. It looks just like one of those fucking banana clips. That's pretty yeah. much what it was. Yeah. Yeah. The, hair, yeah. the hair clip. Yeah, the hair clip right. thing. So anyway, I think, I think that's why Trekkie's cling on to it no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> because it's got fucking terrible <laughs> it it's wasn't something even for intended. everyone yeah it's something for everyone women are empowered men are empowered you know the physically disabled are empowered like it's just this great positive future and you almost never get that in science fiction yeah. so i understand why trekkies exist because that's such a breath of fresh air um, and then you get this Trekkie community that builds up and they accept fucking everybody. Yeah. Like no matter, you know, whatever kind of outcast you are, whatever, however socially awkward you are, if you want to dress up like a Klingon and fucking come and we do some cosplay shit, fucking knock yourself out, dude. You're welcome here. I think you know? the other thing is too, is like, there's a possibility for so much, so many different characters, like, especially in the old one, like this chick's green now and she has antennas sticking out of her head and she's from this planet. So like you could almost make up your own character and put a Starfleet uniform on. Sure. And so there's, you don't have to be a Ferengi or this fucking thing or that thing. Right. Like you could no. kind of make up your own fucking character and show up to the fucking yeah. cosplay thing. Right. But, well, know. between, between Star Trek and Star Wars, like, I mean, look at, look at m- movies dealing with the same type of thing now. You know what I mean? Like, like in the 1990s, the 2000s, 2020s now, <clears throat> uh, you have Guardians of the Galaxy. You have all these movies. You have Independence Day, things, things that with aliens and stuff like that. You see all that influence, right? You know what I mean. The influence that those things had you, throughout the decades. Now you, you see the influence that that they've 
you know, put into these other movies. There's sure. something we just talked about with the Beatles with Beatles just influencing fucking everybody. Right. Star Trek did the same fucking mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? Like it, sure. it's, it's influenced <clears throat> movies just for decades now and you see it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, it's impressive, you know, whether, and whether the, you're a fan or not, you know, like you have to understand that that that's a, that's a feat. Another thing is similar to Dr. Who it's like usually in a Star Trek show, the solution isn't through firing our fucking photons at them. Right. It's through, it's either through outthinking them or through diplomacy. So it's like the victory comes from being smarter than someone else or talking them down, yeah. not from combat and winning, yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah. it's like, I think that's another part of that vision. Yeah. And I think it's what, I mean, side note, I think it's the problem with the new Star Trek shows that are coming out like They're discovery and like Picard, yeah. they don't have any of that optimism and they do win at the end of a phaser. And it's all about war and conflict. Everybody fucking lies to each other. Yeah. Hates and each and other. I think, I think and that it's comes like it with, loses the vision. I think of, that comes with time though. You know, like yeah. they, they know what people want to see. You know what I mean? They're trying to keep up with what's yeah, going on. For sure. It's formulaic. And They're like, yeah, how can we take it, this formula and apply it to this? It's, it's the, funny though. There's it's the franchise. walking dead scenario. Right. Like once walking right. dead hit big, we'll just every fucking zombie fucking right into the world shit came out and and it was popular and it's i'll put a link to it i watched it's a short video but there was like one like gene roddenberry's main guy that he had do all the designs for star trek and roddenberry was like i don't want this the ships shouldn't look like this they shouldn't have this this should never happen this should never happen and this should never happen and then it's like as they're as the guy is saying that they were just showing every instance from the new star trek shows that are everything that roddenberry said i don't want to see this i don't and you know what too like whoever's doing it now like they're probably like we got to do something different yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like sure. everybody wants to see something different. They've already seen all that old, you know, the old stuff. You what, know? I gotta do what something was different. it when the saucer broke off? And I was like, what? Saucer the, section Like separate. saucer section can yeah. come off like that? Yeah, I was like, oh you. my God, it's a flying saucer now. Yeah. That's fucking cool. <laughs> like, oh my God, I never thought that that would separate. Yeah. Where's yeah. the bathroom at though, Dave? That's the question. All over the place. You know, they got bathrooms everywhere? Everywhere. They never, they never address it really. Not much. No. Yeah. They should talk about poop more. Right in the old Jeffries too. Yeah. Jeffrey's tube. Yeah. What's that? That's the Jeffrey's tube. I don't know. It runs through the ship. Mm. Whenever you see him crawling around in a little <laughs> undersized hallway, it's a Jeffrey's tube. Sounds like a colloquialism for drugs. It does. Yeah. yeah. Chasing the dragon, riding the Jeffrey tube. So uh, Roddenberry was born um, in El Paso. Um, his dad. Uh, West Texas town of El Paso. That's true. His dad uh, passed the civil service test and became a cop in L.A. So they moved to L.A. Um, didn't find a whole lot about him in his childhood. I knew that he was a sci-fi fan from what I've read. He liked the old, uh, John Carter of Mars, uh, sci-fi stuff that used to come out. They tried to make a movie out of it, but apparently it just flopped at the box office. I never saw it. The John Carter one. That's like yeah. with a caveman looking dudes On next Mars to a giant scorpion and, or some yeah. weird shit. I old can't. weird sci-fi. Yeah. Well, we comics. know like if, if you can make a movie, you'd probably make a sci-fi movie, right? hundred percent. What would you do? If you can make a movie. Goonies part two. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'd probably do like an Indiana Jones like style, like, like Nicolas Cage adventure. National Treasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adventure. Like those are like my favorite Swash types of movies. I'm going to yeah. say Mind Frame just so I can watch. I just want Dave. I'm going to give him extra points to Dave making Mind Frame <laughs> just because I want to fucking uh, see it come to fruition. Cool, yeah. Yeah. Well, I would enjoy that. Yeah. Um, well, you got points. I'll get mine up too because, yeah. Put all the brownies we'll in push one basket. All, yeah, push all the chips in that direction. Um, 
So he majors in police science at L.A. City College. <laughs> is that a thing? That's not criminal justice? Police science. Uh, the dad be. does, right? Dad. No, this is him. Oh, him. Once he's oh, he's going to follow in his dad's footsteps. Yeah. Right he begins dating Eileen Anita Rexrote, who Ooh. he eventually, great name. It's like one of our patrons. <laughs> um, eventually, he ends up uh, marrying her. Um, he gets a, and again, this shows Eileen some, Anita Flexthroat. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Eileen, I need a flex throw. Yeah. Um, he ends up uh, joining the U.S. Army Air Corps Civil Pilot Training Program in 1941-42. with a shorter name? Well, USAAC was the shorter name. They left off the whole sponsored civilian pilot training program. <laughs> yeah, All that's that. true. Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, the, like alphabet soup. Well, the USAAC was the group, but then they sponsored a civilian pilot training program. Mm-hmm. So they were training people how to fly so that basically, oh, we've taught you how to fly. Do you want to enlist and join the war? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. so that, and that he did quite I mean, the time he, to do that. Yeah, yeah he learned. I mean, this is in 42. Okay. This is like smack dab in the middle of the war. So he he learns how to fly yeah, rock and roll. Um, that was Hitler and times. He, he signs up. Uh, he marries his sweetheart Eileen on June 13th of 1942, and on August 5th of 1942, he becomes a second lieutenant, and he's posted on the 394th Bomb Squad um, and was uh, part of a crew that flew a Boeing B-17 Flying Fortress. Hmm. So he was just in the shit. Um, in, on he, August 2nd... He made that? me never want to fly again. Yeah. Like, he yes. just fucking, it's like, how many plane crashes can you yeah. fucking get More, in? Multiple. Um, so on August 2nd, 1943, um, he's flying out of Espiritu Santo. That's and a it, Catholic prayer. Yeah. It overshoots the runway by 500 feet, crashes into the trees. So I read that in your notes. The wording of that, it overshoots the runway? He was piloting it. The plane overshoots the runway by 500 feet? Who's he got was, their hand on the fucking... He was absolved of any responsibility. I get that, but the wording is very strange. It's like, as he wording. pilots the plane, the plane overshoots the runway by no, 500 no. feet. He overshot That's the runway. That's what I'm getting at. But if he got absolved of, of the fact that two guys died in a crash, it might have been like, no, you were doing everything right. There was a mechanical failure and the plane overshot. Uh, That's weird, though. That's a weird no, that is a weird wording. <laughs> You're piloting it, sir. Um, so... Uh, but the ironic thing is, as soon as he crashed that plane, they pulled him off of active duty and made him a plane crash investigator. I'm telling you, there's some weirdness there. <laughs> That's usually what happens when you make a mistake. <laughs> right. But all the safety guys are the guys that fucked up. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. They know what's not safe. Yeah. Exactly. Don't do yeah. this. Yeah. Show other people Num- not. Don't number do what you one. Do. They had a safety guy that ran himself over. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he left his door open, left the truck and. Like fucking drive or you ever something. You see that video on the internet where the guy's teaching everyone how to holster their gun or whatever? He's like, I'm the only one that's going to qualify. And he fucking shot shoots himself. himself right in the leg. Oh, <laughs> and he's like, is everybody okay? Yeah, yeah. Is everybody okay? He's like, I'm about to lose my job. Yeah. This is really embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. He's Shit's teaching gun safety and shoots himself straight it's in like the in a, leg. Like in a high school classroom. Like, yeah, like, it looks like, like Christ. He's a cop. Was it fucking Reno 911? Uh, nah, it's fucking, <laughs> look yeah. It up, just look it up. Just YouTube. Like, yeah, he's like in, a cla- like in a high school classroom, like showing him like fucking something. And, yeah, yeah, gun instructor. He's right in the leg. So he gets in a second plane crash. This time he's a passenger, so he's not, he's not to blame. Um, and 
the wording of this was weird. Like it immediately said he got in a plane crash this time as a passenger. He was awarded the distinguished flying cross and air medal. Like because he got in a crash. Like, Good job for sitting this, there. Like a separate incident. Like, <coughs> like I can't imagine that you sat in a plane that crashed and then you were awarded the distinguished. That's like when you're at cross. the hockey game and a puck hits you, they give you a free pager from Piercy. Yeah. Like, maybe, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. thanks for the medal. I won't sue you. Um, but either way, he gets through the war. He's been in combat. He's survived two plane crashes. And uh, in 1945, when the war ends, he gets uh, hired by Pan Am um, to fly. And he takes this crazy route that flies from New York to uh, Johannesburg or New York to Calcutta, which were the longest flights that Pan Am had. Yeah. Because the Earth's flat. Fucking flight, dude. Yeah. You don't realize Um, you actually have to fly on a flat Earth. So the the most famous of his crashes uh was this one and this is the one that was in that comic that you read there's a comic of it on uh, uh from the website the oatmeal mm-hmm. i have all of a link to it to the show notes if you want to read the comic strip of it but um so it's a it's a crazy fucking uh crash so in june 18th 1947 um calcutta to new york and the engine stopped working and um one engine stops working so the other engine starts to overheat because the pilot's trying to push hard with that engine to keep the plane in the air yeah so that engine so the one engine dies the other engine overheats because it's being overtaxed and then the overheated engine catches fire so the one engine's dead the other engine just caught fire i have a bit of a theory about this as you continue i'll chime in but like he i'll just say he was a plane crash investigator was his career prior to this flight yes and he looks out and sees like oh shit engine out Oh shit! Engine overheating. He gets up and un- un- unbuckles himself and walks to the third seat from the back of the plane to comfort someone because they're seated alone. Two people did. Yeah, but he's like he unbuckled himself and got himself away from the fucking nose of the plane that is yeah, going down. Everyone else up there died. He's like, yeah, uh, boys, I'm gonna go check on the passengers real quick. I mean, and moved himself to the safest possible. Because the article that I read said that the pilot told two of the people who were no who who. <laughs> what were, else are you gonna do? Let everybody else know that to go in the back, you know? Because like, the article that I read said that the pilot and the co-pilot were in it's the rough. were helming the plane. There were two other people in the cockpit, and the pilot told the both of them to go into the back and calm the passengers down. Yeah, maybe. He's like, gladly. So, I was, okay, about to, I was yeah, just about to do that. I was that. just about to do that. Sometimes the tail breaks off, though. You don't want to be in the tail. True. So he goes, yeah, three rows from the back, and apparently he sits next to a, a woman who's by herself, and he just keeps telling her that he's that everything's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. He's like, look, I crash all the time. Don't yeah, worry trust me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an investigator. This is my first rodeo. Yeah. Um, so it crashes. 15 people are killed. Um, eight passengers and seven crew members. Um, the entire cockpit crew is killed. See? The fuselage is ripped away from the side of the plane, um, which is a good thing because it was the only way anyone was able to escape. They just jumped the, so out they the just hole. jump out of the hole in the side of the plane. Fucking it crashes terrifying. in the Syrian desert, just high Syrian desert. This part is crazy. You think yeah. you rescued people to start robbing yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So he breaks two ribs in the <laughs> crash. Um, and apparently he runs, he keeps going back in and getting people who can't get out of their seatbelts and whatever. And he keeps dragging people out. The last person that he drags out was literally like, you couldn't go back in again because the fire was so bad. You know, what's crazy. The There's no he, word of a medal on this part. The other well, one, this was, was just Pan Am though. I know, but still, you feel like something like the president should be like, thank you for your citizenship, like fucking bravery think. or something. Yeah. So he pulls, uh, he starts pulling everybody out of the plane. Um, 
one of them wouldn't, uh, the seatbelt wouldn't work, so he has to force it open. And then the last, uh, he's trying to put the fire out with a pillow until the fire gets too big. Um, and then the last passenger that he pulled out like died in his arms, and then oh, the fire God. was so hot you died in his go arms back tonight again. It must have been yeah. something he said. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cutting crew. So he was the last surviving member of the crew, and uh, so he basically starts becoming the shot caller. And uh, he doesn't. So they're like, did they radio in? Nobody knows. Do you feel like you'd be that guy? I feel like I would be that guy that would like be I like, have no idea, dude. I feel like I would be like, hey, we need to fucking do this. Like, let's go over here. Let's do this. I feel like I'd be the guy. I, if nobody else was fucking being the guy, I'd be the guy. Yeah. If someone else, <laughs> if someone else fucking stood up and was like fucking getting shit done, I'd be like, look at that guy. Follow him. He getting shit done. Maybe though. Sometimes you get a vibrate. No, fuck. Not no, this if guy. that guy, not no, this no, no. guy. But if like the right guy stood up and did yeah. it, you know, I'd be, you know, if Chuck D stood up, I'd be his yeah. flavor flave. That's a specimen you know, of a man right that there. That guy would fucking out. jump up and be like, this is what we got to do. I'd be like, that motherfucker's right. That's exactly what we got to do. Yeah. Like, got your back. He said head north and he's got abs. Exactly. Follow right. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I I'd be the fucking I'd be flavor flave to whoever stood up. Then if nobody stood up, I guess I'd have to be Chuck D. So we'll just see how <laughs> that's that the D goes. stands for. Yeah, that's what the D stands for. Um, so he ends up, uh, you know, tells everybody like inflate the the crash raft so we have some shelter. Uh, starts trying to figure shit out. Um, shortly after the crash, a bunch of desert tribesmen approach. And Roddenberry walks up to where they are with the horses, and they've got fucking guns and swords in the middle of fucking Syria. Yeah. And Roddenberry convinces them not to come in and kill and or rob any of the survivors, but that they could go in and take anything they wanted from any of the dead bodies. Right. Yeah. So they're like, cool. That's fair. We got it. Thank you. That's crazy that you come across someone and you're yeah. like, you're in the desert. You yep. survived a plane crash. We're just going to rob these dead bodies and leave you guys to fucking burn out yeah, here. Yeah, pretty That's much. I don't understand. Like that's you think that morality is instinctually like embedded into fucking people, but it's nope. not. It's it like not. there is the uh, fucking you know like genetics yeah. doesn't necessarily play a role in that. That was yeah. your fucking culture yeah, and the, everything. Your parents were fucking evil too. <clears throat> well, I, I think yeah, it's just different. Like people are just different. You know, and it's like, type some people thing. some people have no regard for life. You're in the you desert, I mean? like yeah. ooh, water and a gold watch. I need that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. also. I think it's also different because it's like the, we're we're tribal beings. So at that point, you're part of a fucking desert nomad tribe who's barely staying alive on food and water and scrounging yeah, to survive. You need some shit and. Yeah these motherfuckers who aren't in our tribe right. just crash. So fuck them. But meanwhile, that same guy, if like his friend's horse fucking buckled under him, he'd probably fucking drag his body, you know, six days through the desert to get him back to water, you know, because that's his tribe. But like, you know I'm like, I mean? I'm a fucking pussy, I guess. But like, even on a video game, I would be like, I'm not going to rob these fucking, like, they're not real. You know what I mean? I was like, I would not rob them. Or like, I don't want to kick the robot. I wouldn't fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like, I think, who was it? Like, my daughter's friends was were drowning Sims. Like, push them in the pool, and they're just With fucking... No ladder. Dr- yeah. I was like, don't do that. Yeah. You know? And they're like, why? It doesn't matter. They're just keep- I was like, it kind of does matter, though. Like, it's <laughs> weird to me. Yeah. Especially because you believe in the simulation. I do. Um, so Roddenberry sees telegraph wires uh, once he scouts around, and he's like, look, two of us are going this way up to telegraph wires. Two of us are going that way. Eventually, one of us is going to hit a town. Um, he goes back to a town, finds a radio, calls it in. Um, 
And uh, <sighs> when uh, he gets back, uh, the um, local townsmen had already gotten to the crash site and they stole from everybody to the fact that they left them only the clothes on their back. Hmm. So when Roddenberry gets back after he called in for help, like they came in and took everything from everybody. Um, And then the Syrian army sent in planes, picked up the survivors. um, And uh, at that point he was like, you know, I think I'm done with airplanes. Yeah. Third time's the charm. (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't had good luck. I think that's about the end of that, you know? Um, and he actually says that he, he wants to write and part of what he did in the air force is he did some like PR air force stuff. So he did do a bit of writing while he was in the air force, you know? Um, but he moves to LA and just like his father, he gets a a position on the police department. Um, in 1949, uh, he does traffic. Um, and then he ends up becoming again because of what he did in the air force where he wrote and did PR. Um, and he's just a fucking smart guy too, obviously. Um, the public, the public information division, um, hires him as a cop to become the chief of police's speech writer. Right. So every time the chief of police from LAPD is making a speech, Roddenberry wrote the speech. When they figure that out. Maybe it's like the entry exam or something. They know like, Hey, your aptitude for this is great. Let's it's like- probably also police reports. You're just going to be oh, like, yeah. this motherfucker's police reports. Jesus Jeez. Christ. He <laughs> like, writes in all caps. That motherfucker. He's the pilot. G two dot zero seven. Impressive. So, um, he ends up, uh, there's a TV show that just came out called Mr. District Attorney. I switched over to this. Do you ever write with one of these? Is that a thin Sharpie? Yeah, like, I don't know which. Uh, yeah, I don't like the bleed through. Yeah, that is a problem. But my handwriting is so through. fucking neat with this thing, though. This guy, one of these. Mine's Small neater ones, yeah. with a Lamy Safari. I tried the one that you got, CJ. I love it, dude. I don't write neat with that at all. Like, oh, maybe it takes like, some it getting used my to. Game. I write so neat with this fucking Anything, thing. Anything, yeah, I think a thinner point for me makes me write neater. Yeah. Fatter point. All right. Try that one. Right. Uh, Let's try that some yeah, sure. Here. Oh, then, then try that one. That's my Lammy Safari. No, I like the Sharpie one, um, but I usually use it to grade, and it just fully bleeds through to the, yeah, through the paper. And like You can you see it on that page on right the there. You can see it on the yeah. back of it bleeding It's through. a good pen, though. I guess it depends on your purpose. Yeah. Um, so he goes to uh, LAPD. He does that. So this TV show... Um, is turning to the police to say, we need technical advisors, which is pretty common. I would imagine there's probably a lot of cops in L.A. who become technical advisors right. um, or retired cops at this point, probably. Um, but uh, I, I just write terrible. I, <laughs> I suck with both of them. But they get... Um, they hire him to start working on that. Then he advises for different TV shows. Um, and then he's starting to sell, he's doing the Hollywood hustle. Like the whole reason that I've never wanted to become a screenwriter, the entire early career, the early career of Gene Roddenberry shows exactly why I've never wanted to do it. So he starts trying to write. They said he he was selling these scripts for the, what he made, like one script would sell. He would earn what he made in a month working for the police department. Now it would be more than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it was yeah. like, and it wasn't a lot. It was like, I don't know what year this fucking was, but there was something like $450. Oh, yeah. Right. I was like, $450 yeah. a month? Jesus Christ. Yeah. But hamburgers were nickel back then. So, yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
he just start he starts writing for everything. Um, he finally quits the police force and he becomes the head writer for the West Point story. Writes ten scripts for the first season. Um, and just starts doing the pilot show hustle, just starts writing pilot shows, trying to get on. Cause if you write a pilot, which is the first episode of a show, you write a pilot and you write like a, a show guide or a script Bible that says, these are all the characters and this is what's going to happen for the next X years on right. the show. And then you can pitch that to the different networks. And then there's this whole elaborate pain in the ass process of if you do get your, if someone does like your pilot and you can get a network or an individual to back it, you then film the pilot and then you have this thing that you shop around to every network and say, we've got this pilot. And then maybe and nothing then comes of it. Usually nothing comes of it. Uh. And it's a whole thing in pilot. Like actors get a lot of work in pilot season. Cause all of a yeah. sudden there's a hundred times more shows being filmed than normal. Um, but, and a lot of times if you watch the pilot of an episode, it's like, oh, these two actors are different. The set is completely different and it doesn't even look the same right? because they made that pilot and then someone picked it up and two years later they made the second episode and started filming it, you know? Um, but it's a, a whole fucking hustle. A, a weird thought. We're talking about $450 a month and I was like a hamburger's a nickel. What are things that are smaller value than a hamburger? Cause a hamburger like now represents seven bucks you know what i mean so if you buy something so small like a piece of gum you know what i mean like a candy bar used to be 25 cents or 50 cents i'm saying if a hamburger yeah but if a hamburger's a nickel (sighs) everything had to be like denominations where it's like well you get 10 for a penny they had to give you more shit you couldn't just buy one of small items because there wasn't a small pack of gum was probably a penny yeah you know some things that were so cheap it'd be like well we got to just give you 10 of these for your yeah, penny like right. we to give you more i don't want 10 right. i just want one pack of that you, well, can't. you can't matches you're gonna yeah. get 20 packs for a fucking penny right because a hamburger's a nickel i never right. thought about that um the so he ends up working for multiple shows um and eventually he gets a contract with a group called screen gems and if you ever watch old shows from the 70s, at the end of it, you'll see these like weird hand-drawn gems spin around and it says screen gems. That sounds, um, yeah, I've seen that yeah. for sure. And he worked for there, He made which he uh, was guaranteed $100,000 and became a producer. And this is in, like, I don't know, early 50s. So he just fucking came up, right, um, yeah. with a $100,000 contract. Uh, but... So while he's doing this, he's he's still married to his his high school sweetheart, and he meets an actress named Majel Lee Huddick, later known as uh, Majel Barrett, who's in Star Trek and in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, ultimately, marries him, becomes uh, Majel Barrett Roddenberry. Um, you know, they dye her hair, and she plays like tons of different fucking parts. Yeah, Becker, right? yeah. yeah. Um, so he's still married, but he's Another hooking up with gems. her. That's the old 1964 version. Yeah, that was a different one. Um, but as he's writing like little seeds of Star Trek, he starts to meet actors like working on these shitty shows. And he's like, oh, that guy's really good. That guy's really good. He starts um, placing them in a character. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And he starts to he even introduces some of the characters. Oh, he don't make names. that much money. I think yeah, I can exactly, get that. Exactly. That guy's pretty good, though. I think he's... He That's comes Captain up with Picard. like a, a cop character uh, named Christopher Pike who acts a certain way. And later on, Christopher Pike is the first pilot is the first captain of the enterprise and the first pilot. Um, so he starts like taking characters. He's writing actors that he's meeting and he starts assembling this, this thing in his brain. 
And um, didn't he originally want to do an airship though? Right? Like, yeah, he wanted it to be an airship on Earth, uh, and uh, have this you know interracial crew and and all this stuff. But uh, what year was this? Would be sixty. Because when did Kubrick come out with his shit? That was 67. Fuck, man. Look at the difference between Star Trek and fucking like Stanley Kubrick shit, though. Yeah. Like, he was so far ahead of his time. Oh, dude. He was, it was like Star Trek is like changer, furry dude. aliens and green makeup changer, and fucking like dude. pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Like, fucking his shit is like real. Yeah. Like, Kubrick, it was like, that's actually what it looks like. That's real fucking footage. And it was almost like you're on the moon. Yeah. Because Arthur C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke was the technical advisor and he fucking built satellites and launched things into space like for a living so he was like this is what it's going to look like if you're going to build a ship it would have to be like this and it would have to be like that so he wrote the book and the screenplay and was more realistic while he yeah Yeah. for sure Um, this is what the moon would look like exactly yeah so he writes a, a 16 page pitch um about star trek uh gets it uh he does the old uh, uh, trick where you can. A lot of people, if you write a screenplay and you're not a member of the Writers Guild and you want to prove that you wrote this screenplay, like a lot of people that my sister wrote in Hollywood for a living, a lot of people, when they finished their screenplay, they would mail a copy to their parents. And uh, yeah, it's say, the poor don't, man, poor never, man's copyright. Don't ever open this. Right. Like I'm just sending you my script and they would mail a copy to themselves. Yeah, it's poor man's and, copyright. And, yeah, exactly. And they would go to the post office, have them put a date stamp on the seal, everything. It's right there. And so if anyone ever stole their idea and that movie came out, you're like, you, your honor, right. here's the fucking proof. Like you break the seal, your honor, and you like, can read my screenplay. Like nobody's play. got a fucking glue stick. Yeah. Like, right. No, this right. paper has been sealed permanently. There's no well, way People would like get it fucking certified yeah. by a notary. Like they would do all kinds of shit because it's hard to get into the writer's guild and that would be like the best way to protect what you it seems did. silly though. It's like it's a stamp. It's some glue. You know, I mean, you could fucking make a stamp with some glue. Like, but back then, maybe that was the thing. And you know? it's, yeah. I mean, you have a notary who goes to bat for you, and I mean, it it worked. It's worked yeah. in the in the That's past. The poor man's copyright. Exactly. Yes. I saw the. I watched a documentary. And they were talking about like how they were they were South Parking this fucking shit on Star Trek. Like they didn't have the episodes done. Yeah. Like they were writing and they would be handing off the shit the day that it was supposed to air. Just like South Park. Right. Um, there was a guy, I can't remember what he was, like a, I don't know, executive producer's assistant or some shit. And Gene assistant Roddenberry. Assistant to the assistant. Yeah, yeah assistant yeah. to the assistant. And uh, Roddenberry would be sitting there writing and writing and writing. And like they figured out he would have to fucking, this guy would go and stand on his fucking desk and Roddenberry would pretend like he didn't see him or notice that he was there. But it meant, like he knew that it's like, you got to give this fucking thing to me in 10 minutes. Like, give it to me in 10 minutes. So that was the only way they could, like, snap him out of it was literally he would step up and stand on Gene Roddenberry's desk, and then he would give it to him, and that became their like, thing. That was uh, every the, deadline. Hey, think about how they figured that out. They're like, man, we just can't get it. The guy's like, I'll fucking get it. Yeah, I'll get it. Stepped up yeah. on his desk and said it. He yeah, pretended to not see yeah. him or pretended That's that he funny. didn't know he was That there. was step one. Yeah. Step two is once I'm on his desk, I'm a fucking I'm a shit. I'm going to drop a captain's log on his desk. Captain's log this, motherfucker. That's start date now. <laughs> That's gonna make them yeah. fucking pay attention. Start date this shit. We gotta turn it in. Um so he takes the Star Trek idea, shops it to multiple places, MGM, you know, whatever. Um, and uh he ends up um going to 
um, Desilu Productions, which was the production company that was owned by uh, Lucille Ball mm. and uh, Desi Arnaz. And they made the I Love Lucy show and they hadn't had a pilot uh, catch in five years. So they had a the that Lucy depressing. Yeah, the Lucy show was still popular. It wasn't I Love Lucy. It was a later one, but they couldn't get a show off the ground and they recognized what he did and uh, they liked Star Trek. So they were like, we'll produce it. We'll back it. And because of the Desi Lu people, they end up selling it as a pilot to NBC, which, by the way, Lucille Ball's kind of the shit if you like science fiction, because Desi Lu backed Star Trek and Desi Lu backed Rod Serling when he wanted to do the she Twilight did, Zone. Uh, she did, Lucille Ball did a lot of shit. And she, she was pulling a, a Seinfeld a back stuff, in the yeah. day. Every season that would renew, she would fucking like strong arm those motherfuckers yeah. for more money. Yeah, she was the shit. <laughs> um, I found the guy. His name is uh, Justman, uh, Robert H. Justman. Um, he was like the, I'm, who like are the, you? I'm just man. Yeah. Just, just man. But he basically said he would climb on his fucking desk in desperation. He said, walk into his office, climb on top of his desk and stood there loudly declaring he would not move one inch until Gene <laughs> finished the scene. Um, and he stood there until, why he are finished. you putting your dick out? Yeah. I will not move. But he actually, he said, oh, didn't look man. up or anything. He just pretended like he wasn't oh, yeah. there, but right. Obviously right. that's an overbearing force of like, okay, I'm going to finish the shit. So, um, do you put your dick out when you're up there, though? If you don't like, want to do slammed you, in the drawer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So, weirdness, even when it launches. So, NBC is like, okay, we're going to make a pilot. Give us three scripts. So, Roddenberry gives them three scripts. They pick one called The Cage and they say, let's make this. They film it, they make it. And at the end of the day, they're like, we like this, but the audience didn't, which in a pilot means fuck off it's done mm-hmm. but somehow they were like so we want you to do a second pilot which just Redone. doesn't fucking happen right. dude yeah. it just doesn't fucking happen so they were like do a second pilot we want some casting changes uh he made his girlfriend his his undercover girlfriend number one the the first mate on the ship they were like we don't like her like get There's rid probably of just her. some intuition in their experience from that. It's like the Simon fucking what's his name Simon Cowell. Yeah, like well, they know, yeah, they know what the audience is gonna. They right. know their audience. Yeah, that's what they I'm saying. Like, like when people like. come yeah. out on like America's Got Talent or whatever, and they're like, they fucking sing a song, and it's like that's oh, pretty good. But then, like for some reason, Simon's like, you got another song, and then they're the golden buzzer fucking winner. Right, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? It was I like, saw something try one in more there. time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, because they know like the, yeah. that that song wasn't right for you. That You're picking the wrong yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can right now in this moment you pick the right song? Right. Some people don't. Some yeah. people do. I think another th- another thing that would probably be a real factor is if you're NBC, you're like, look, we just sank all this money into this sci-fi pilot. They've already got the set. They've already got yeah. the uniforms. Well, already and if spent, they, if they they've already got it. props. One we more already, week. Yeah. Like if they want to film a second one, like the budget's going to be nothing because right. we've yeah. already built all this shit. Well, and if it's like, man, this, I see what's wrong. Like right. the casting is just right. wrong. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, this can be fixed. We like it. It just, you know. There's like an episode of Big Bang Theory where Leonard and fucking, I think, Howard, maybe Raj or Sheldon. I don't know who all goes out there, but it's like in between LA and Bakersfield somewhere in the desert or something. There's like some spot where they filmed a couple episodes. Land uh, Star Trek. Exactly. Yeah. Really where Kirk fought the Gorn. Yep. yep. <laughs> See, he's like, no, exactly. I got a picture there, bro. I took a piss where the Gorn was dead at. Totally peed where the Gorn died. It's in somebody, red, somebody has in red rock Valley. Yeah. 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 I think that sounds oh, right. Up, up to 14. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, 
so they do another one and he writes the script where no man has gone before. Um, they get uh, Shatner to be Captain Kirk to get rid of Christopher Pike. Uh, they do well, all this. Pike thought he was big shit and wouldn't do it. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. do it. He, he was, was going to go bigger, be a big actor. Bigger than this Whether he role, did, I don't know. He didn't. Um, and uh, they replaced number one, his girlfriend, with uh, Spock. And uh, that's a big fucking that's a fucking big shift right there. He said because Leonard Nimoy's features were thin and like his eyebrows and his cheekbones, it was kind of effeminate. Like he said, he could pull off getting both. and It was a compromise. Um, But they thought he looked like Satan. Like they thought it was like Anton LaVey or something. His eyebrows. Yeah. And and all that stuff. But uh, they filmed it ahead of schedule and under budget because everything was already fucking built. Um, And uh, one thing that I thought was funny is the fucking set that they were building that they were on had a hornet's nest in it and at one point the hornet's nest fell on friday while they were filming yeah so they all they had to flee because everyone was getting stung by hornets shit and uh when shatner went back to finish filming the pilot they had to use makeup to cover up all the hornet stings on jesus christ yeah that's fucking wild you know you, you think about it like this this pilot where it's like you don't know if it's gonna make it or not that's where Shatner became William Shatner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's like the thing. That's, right. That's where you know him from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, at, at, that could at have one happened to point, us in the video store. That's why I didn't yeah, my yeah, best work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I treated it just like it could have been. The only other thing time. I've ever seen him in, and he was probably doing some bit actor fucking Western shit, you know, whatever. Because yeah. he was in an episode, he was in the episode of The Twilight Zone. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, he played yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. that saw the creature on the wing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he, he was obviously in Hollywood doing stuff, but he was not a big name, no. you know, no, yeah. none of them. And, were. and so, yeah, I mean, you have, you know, Captain Picard who ultimately becomes Captain Picard. Uh, what's his name? Um, Patrick and Stewart. Ne- yeah. Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like that guy, he became, now he's professor X and he's, right, you know what I mean? Right. Like he's just like, and he was a like, huge, a, he was a theater actor. Yeah. And he was like an Excalibur in the seventies, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he wasn't like a yeah. major role. Yeah. Um, so he was, I think he was more well known in England. Um, and even mm, then like the sense. guy, yeah. the main guy that Roddenberry wanted to play a Jean-Luc Picard, um, is an actor named Yafet Kodo, who's like this big buff African dude. And like, that was his original captain. Mm. And they even filmed part of the pilot with him and everything, but it all fell through or whatever. So he, he had that, that future vision, mm. you know, that, that was kind of cool. Shatner was in movies as early as 1951. Yeah. Okay. He had been acting. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't like what you know him for is, is this. Star 100%. Trek. Yeah. There's Twilight 100%. Zone 60 to 63, but he was in Alfred Hitchcock presents in 57 to yeah. 60. He was in some shit already. Yeah, he was man. in some shows. Um, and I suspect everybody that was on Star Trek was probably that same level. Yeah, yeah. They, they've been, they've they've been, been acting doing, for a while. Know, different different yeah. stuff. Leonard Nimoy is such a fucking unique dude. Like, he's yeah. such, like, you know, there's like people that. Is like, that Spock? Yeah. Spot? Yeah. Like, their voices, it's like, where the fuck is he from? Right. Like, what is that voice about? Right. Does his brother sound like that? Does his right. dad sound like that? <laughs> his mom sounds like that. He his dad the, sounds normal. You know what I mean? There's just people in the world like James Earl Jones. Leonard Same Newmark. thing with Sulu. Yeah, man. That yeah. fucking guy's voice. Um, uh, CJ Laser can do that shit perfect. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like, he's, what does he say? Well or something? I can't remember. Okay? Oh, my. Oh, my. That's what yeah. he says. Oh, my. Yeah. He says, oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. And, but CJ does that shit perfect, dude. Yeah, that's impressive. But yeah, there's just certain people like that have that fucking voice, dude. Leonard Nimoy is one of them. Oh, yeah. So this blew my mind is that so Nichelle Nichols, who plays Lieutenant Uhura, the, the African-American on the ship, um, 
Roddenberry starts having an affair with her. Mm. So Roddenberry's having an affair with her. I think Roddenberry wants to be black. And having an affair with uh, uh, Majel Barrett, Mm -hmm. who is no longer playing number one, but they gave her a blonde hair and made her the nurse on the ship. Mm. So he's having sex with two of the actors on the ship, and he's still married. Right. And Nichelle Nichols basically said, I ended the affair because I didn't want to be the other woman to the other woman. Right? So it was like he was he she was more into sat, Michelle Barrett than he was to me. And she was already like and he's still married. Like there was an interview too, though. She string. said once she saw how much the other woman was devoted to him that she was kind of down with the open relationship of it, I guess. I don't know if right. I can. Right. He was slain. Yeah, that's that's true. She yeah. said she was down with having this open relationship. But she saw the other but, actress yeah. was so devoted and then she did, she's like, "Well, I don't want to be doing that." Cuz hers was just for fun. Yeah. She was just getting yeah. that she's getting that rod rod yeah, yeah, from yeah, Barry. Yeah. yeah. She's getting the captain's log and it wasn't anything personal. Yeah, he was rodding the Barry. <laughs> yeah. So the show comes out um and they get contracted for 13 episodes um and uh before the first broadcast, he went to a world science fiction convention and previewed where no man has gone before and had a huge buzz. So start like Trekkies were born before Star Trek even aired, dude, which is fucking intense yeah. and crazy. People are stoked about waiting for it to come out. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh, like this is going to be great. So he's We've been waiting for this forever for my entire life. My entire I didn't life. even know it. Yeah. Yeah. So. The ratings aren't huge, and uh, one of the someone who who did a little bit of writing on the show is like a pretty hot shit science fiction writer named Harlan Ellison. Um, he wrote the original novel that uh, Psycho, that the Hitchcock yeah. movie was based on. He wrote a couple. He wrote a, a book called A Boy and His Dog. It's about a nuclear apocalypse. He wrote I Have No Mouth, So I Must Scream. Like some pretty hot shit, like big end sci-fi, but he was also writing for for Star Trek, and he was like, I, I can make a lot of money writing Star Trek scripts, and if the ratings are low, like what can I do to help? Like I don't want to give up my cash cow. This is like hot shit, you know. Yeah. Um but so he starts getting he starts writing letters and getting his sci-fi friends to write letters to to try to save the show. So from the beginning Everyone and, loved and, the show, and there was bad ratings, and there was a constant fight to save the people, show. People loved it, and people hated it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Which I could see. I mean, it, it, it really is something completely different. You know, coming out at that is. time, like it it's is. like it's it's something new and different, and kind of weird. The the I mean, Shatner himself is weird. You know right. what I mean? Like, well, like it's the, not for the, everyone either, because at the time it would have no. been like all the like men would have been like watching John Wayne or some shit. You know what I mean? They're well, like, and yeah. that and, and that and it's like oh, you got African Americans in there, and you got you know an Asian in there, or or whatever. You know, you have these these women in these roles that it's just a, a different thing. You know, yeah. like people are. Oh, probably almost shell shocked by it. Where yeah. they're just like, "What the fuck is this thing? And, what, what's and happening? It's not, this like, isn't normal." Kids and college students were the biggest supporters of the show and the biggest uh, yeah. people who watched the show. Plus, well, it was um, sci-fi. I mean, you know, right. it was more you know more of a kids thing. You know, there was a big there was a worry at the beginning that uh, which the studio didn't want either because you have your leading man who is Captain Kirk, but they were realizing early on that the fans were starting to like Spock more than they liked Kirk. Yeah. So they were having to like rewrite things in order to make sure that Kirk stayed. They basically made them like a pair, like a team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One would be associated with the other. So the two, so all the scripts were written. So the two of them were in the shit together all the time. And that's Um, still how it is. Yeah. All the new movies. Yeah. And it even leads to the, the, uh, 
Kirk Spock fanfic, which is often uh, homoerotic. Mm. Um, and there's a whole lot of it out there. So mm. you can always listen to Spock some railing zip, Kirk or what? Yeah, they the went whole to, thing. They went yeah. to Barcelona yeah. together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we one went, thing. We went to um, Ikea together. We did. You did. There, was, yeah. there was a lot yeah. of looks. Yeah. So a guy named Alexander Courage wrote the theme song, a great name, wrote the theme song to Star Trek. And this is this is the kind of stuff that, you know, this is that part your, I was hoping you had a lot of this don't shit. Don't your yeah. heroes moment. So this guy writes this, the theme song and Roddenberry writes lyrics, which are awful. I watched. Do you the, see Jack Black? performs sure a bunch for some reason? No. Jack Black must be a Trekkie. He like performs it a couple times with the lyrics and everything. He lyrics. probably thinks it's funny. Like, but they're playing the guitar. Thing, like, so it's like yeah. he's just singing the lyrics. It's so the lyrics different. are beyond the rim of starlight. My love is wandering in the star flight. I know he'll find in star cluttered reaches love, strange love a star woman teaches. I know his journey never ends. His Star Trek will go on forever. But tell him while he wanders his starry sea, remember, remember me. I mean, that's just not going to be relevant for, it's not timeless. It's like, it's Captain Kirk, like thinking about one girl and taking off on some adventure or something. Well, here's the thing though. So he realizes Whoever wrote the screen, whoever wrote the song is going to get royalties every time this show airs. Yeah. And this He's guy, trying to do that. this yeah. guy wrote the song. This other right. guy, Alexander Courage, wrote the entire fucking song. There are no lyrics to the fucking song. But when Roddenberry presents it to the studio, he wrote these shitty lyrics and said, so Alexander Courage wrote the score. I wrote the lyrics. Here you go. 50%. So he gets 50% of the fucking song royalties for lyrics that have never shown up in Star Trek ever. That he didn't collaborate with the writer in any way. And the guy was, and the guy was contracted to do the score for Star Trek. Yeah. And he got two episodes in when he realized what was happening with the royalties. And he was like, fuck Gene. Why am I? Fuck Star Trek. Why? (laughs) Why are my royalties checks? uh, Half. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, because you, and then he sees the credits and sees, you know, him and Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Some lyrics, really shitty, Gene uh, Roddenberry. Like, there are no there fucking are no lyrics. Fuck, the lyrics are a woman going, oh, like, that's yeah. it. You know, that's what they changed it to. Gene, right, they're like, yeah. Gene, this sucks. He's like, yeah. okay, have a woman do that. They never right. recorded it that way, but some no, fans did. did put out a couple, and it sounds like, you know, it reminds me of The Love Boat. It's Bo- like a little bit. Yeah. Bo- yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds a ton it like yeah. that. Yeah. That's, it's very close to the love. Yeah, yeah. That's how I would have sang it. He just ripped yeah. it off. So another thing, and this one, I don't know if I don't know if I agree with the like that one. Yeah, he fucked the composer. Yeah, but another one, a bunch of writers got pissed and quit because he Roddenberry would write what the at the time they called springboard papers, which were like one to three paragraph long summaries of an episode and then he would give those out to the writers so write and be it. like so, so write go write this go write that go write like this. they're going to encounter an infectious creature on exactly. this planet and they're going to have to find a plant that saves them from right. this thing and right yeah so then the it when you see the credits for those episodes it would say teleplay by fucking sam Sounds lloyd so. story by gene roddenberry right and a bunch of the writers including harlan ellison got pissed at this and quit but at the end of the day i'm like well story by gene roddenberry he handed you the fucking story. Yeah. Like you just wrote his story. Yeah. You did a lot more work than he did, but that was, you didn't come up with anywhere else story. you go. That's like, where that's it's where, be, so it, I don't, yeah. that one I don't agree with. I know a lot of writers quit and said, I'm never writing for this show again. And he started to get a hard time hiring writers, but it just seems to me that if I handed you a one page pitch and you work for my show and I'm the showrunner, and I've hired you to write the screenplay, 
It seems yeah. like you get the screenplay credit. Just like if I, I worked for credit. a corporation yeah. to come up with an idea, the intellectual property is the corporation I right. work for. Right. Unless I do it at home and don't fucking share it. You know? Now, if a screenwriter was never handed a paper by Roddenberry and just completely wrote a screenplay yeah. on his own, on his own yeah. and then it said story by Gene Roddenberry, that's a different you know that's a problem yeah it's not but, that hard to give some credit for the collaboration though i mean you know what i mean i get it you're saying like this is the story didn't exist if i didn't hand you this fucking paper i think it all has to do with money like, though, it all has to do with money yeah. and I, it's not like they I didn't make any money. money they got the teleplay credit they wrote the script they right. were acknowledged yeah. they, they didn't get the story credit though which probably the, yeah. you know yeah. it's probably a chunk um, and then he, you know, little things as time went on, like he, he talks about how he loves his creation, the Klingons, but a lot of people say a writer named Gene Kuhn created the Klingons and came up with their culture and it wasn't Roddenberry. Um, even the captain's log, um, uh, they say was done by one of the producers at Desilu who didn't like the early shows and was like, we have no idea what's going on, where the ship is, what the fuck just happened. So when you come back from commercial, just have the captain say captain's log and then sum up the shit that just happened. Yeah, that's okay. And he didn't like, say specifically, I created the captain's log. Right, it's just exactly. part of the story. Yeah, it's yeah, there. Yeah. It was a show. It happened. Notes. It stayed in and it, 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 you know, right. Um, so the second season is wrapping up and the show's about to get canceled and he gets Isaac Asimov, sci-fi fucking God. godfather it's, of sci-fi. It's crazy, like how popular Star Trek is to think that it it fucking was on the verge of every not season. making it every season. Every like season. there's just some yeah. shit going yeah. on with it every single season. Um, and it has so, a cult following. Like, yeah, it's just this thing. A thousand students from twenty different schools across the country uh, showed up and marched on the studio to save Star Trek. Did a letter writing campaign. Um, the, they got 6,000 letters a week from fans saying, keep Star Trek on the air Damn. Uh, for the third season, seven days, 6,000 letters. That's, you can't even handle that. You yeah. can't even open that shit. So they ended up giving it a third season and they pushed it to what they called the graveyard slot, which was Friday night at 10 where shows just went to die. Mm. And especially since the, the main people who watched the show were college students and children. It's like kids are in bed by 10 and college students are out getting busy. Yeah. So or sleeping just, for a test in the morning. Exactly. Shit, and yeah. Roddenberry was like pissed off and said, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm still here, but I'm not going to do anything. Like if that's what you're doing, I'm just, I'm not helping write the show. Yeah. The show's going to suck. You can kick me in the know? balls. I'm right, kicking exactly. in the balls. Yeah. So, and he backed off. Uh, he, he didn't do anything. The network didn't do anything. And by the end of the uh, third season, it fell apart and got canceled. Um, he went on to, uh, he wrote a thing called Pretty Maids All in a Row, which was a sexploitation film <laughs> in 1971. Um, it had Rock Hudson, Angie Dickinson, Telly Savalas and Roddy McDowell, along with James Doohan, who played Scotty, all having sex and getting busy. Oh, yeah. Like, um, you guys knew what you signed up for. Let's do this. Yeah. Okay. Like, this is finally he found his home. Like, but uh, his wife divorced <laughs> you just him. just like a Klingon. Because yeah. he's dingling uh, number one. Uh. And uh, so he's broke. And uh, the only way that he can pay the bills for a while is by going to Star Trek conventions and playing the blooper reel from different Star Trek episodes. Huh. Because he's the only one on Earth who owned the blooper. And people were paying to see So people it. were paying for him to talk about Star Trek. And, and everybody was already dressing in costume. Huh. And, everybody, and this is That's still crazy. the late 60s. Only three yeah. seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then uh, he tried to buy the rights from Paramount. Uh, 
for the intellectual property of Star Trek, but it cost $150,000 and he didn't have it. Um, but uh, eventually they started making movies. They made Star you Trek. You could have bought picture. Star Trek for $150,000. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, they made Star Trek the motion picture, which everybody thought was going to be a complete flop and it went over budget and all this shit, but it was a huge box office success. Um, and everybody I remember loved, which is like, weird. Like, why why Star Trek? people watch the show and then watch the fucking movie? Well, because know, at like this point, uh, so at it, once it got canceled, they just put it into syndication. So every network would just, just play just it on Saturday afternoon, whatever, yeah. play it when it was just like cheap. So it was actually shit. better for it. It was yeah. better for it. Yeah. yeah. So the Trek following kept building because they could watch it every single weekend, you know, instead of just during the season when it aired and then it's gone, it aired all the time. Mm-hmm. Everybody fell in love with it. They could watch This is pre VCR pre anything. Yeah. So they could, they could just obsess, <clears throat> obsess over it, watch it all the time. Um, so by the time they made the movie, everybody had just been watching it. Cause even when I was a kid, like I watched it all the time it had been it been off the air fucking years before I was even born. Yeah. But every every weekend we would watch Star Trek. You know, yeah. like we loved watching yeah, the episode. Old, you watch the same show. one. Yeah, yeah, same ones, yeah. We already watched this yeah. one. Um, yeah. So they start making movies. The movies do really well. Um, he's kind of brought on as an executive producer. I thought, the, yeah, and I, I thought the I thought the show went for like years. No, I didn't years. know it was that short. Three I didn't years. know that was it. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. I thought it was years no, and years. Dude, I thought it was 10 years. years. I thought it was like Friends or fucking no. Modern Family or some shit. It was 8, 9, 10 Three years. years you know, like, man. Yeah, you, uh, do, you do feel like that just went on forever. Right, right. That's crazy. But then the movies came out, though. How many of those Star Trek movies were there? There were a lot of them, but um, I'm not sure how many he was involved in. Um, yeah, not a lot. Actually. Well, he was involved. They, basically, Paramount realized early on, these things are successful because of Trekkies. And Trekkies worship the god of Gene Roddenberry. They kind of kept him on for the perception yeah. of involvement. It's like, it's like he's he executive yeah. producer. He's a, Just throw he's his a name he's on there. involved it's in the, the Colonel story. Sanders. Exactly. Yeah. He became yeah. the Colonel Sanders. He was the From brand ambassador of yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, um, and they were smart to do so because if they ditched him, everybody would have been pissed and quit fucking going to the movies. Yeah. You know, but um, he does get involved in Star Trek: The Next Generation. He helps to launch it come up with the pilot, come up with the design, all that stuff. Um, has a, they, they give him a much bigger part to play in Star Trek The Next Generation, Paramount does. Um, but a year into it, he starts to get really sick. And uh, he I think the last time he's credited on the show is the 13th episode of season one. And by season three, he's completely out of the show. And that started in 87. I thought mm. it started later than that. He's getting season. old. But it started in 87. Um, well, oh, and somewhere in there, they also made Star Trek, the animated series, which was just fucking awful and amazing at the same time. Mm. Uh, they got all the same voice actors back and just made cartoons. What happened with that new cartoon mm. of that, that was supposed to happen? It was supposed Lower to be like, decks. yeah, it was all the extras it's from a, Generation. On, Is it on, any good? I haven't watched it. I've heard mixed reviews. Yeah, they made a cartoon, Brad. It's like all the people that you don't see that are running the behind the scenes, like the janitor on the fucking ship. Mm. Yeah. Like it's all the other people, like not the main characters. It's what did they do all day? Because there's right. hundreds and hundreds of people yeah. running around the ship and living their lives and fucking fixing broken shit and watering the plants. Like, so I don't know. The, I'll be honest though. The trailer that didn't grab the me. The trailer didn't grab me. The animation doesn't look great. The humor didn't look great. It didn't. It I mean, I'll, I'll watch it at some point, but yeah. I haven't been in a, in a idea has Star Trek animated series. The one from 73 has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it was, the, it was the, they were half hour, 
but they were still full on Star Trek episodes. You know, they were just half hour long and they had everybody on there. Um, So uh, Roddenberry had a cerebral vascular disease and uh, encephalopathy um, as a result of fucking tons of drug use. I was wondering if that's real. I was like, I tried to look at long-term effects of all these drugs he took to cause like a fucking cerebral vascular disease. I'm like, I could see you having like your heart, have a heart attack or something from fucking t- t- too much Coke or something. But right. I never heard of a long-term use of some of these drugs, giving you a brain know. condition like that. I don't know, but he had a stroke in 89. Um, uh, I looked at what he was taking. He was taking Ritalin and barbiturates, cocaine. Like he was taking like mood aquilone. Yeah, methaquilone is just barbiturates. It's quaaludes. Okay. And then I looked Methyl up. Methylphenidate. That's dex, Ritalin. Dexamil. Dexamil is a, a appetite so suppressant and a mood enhancer. So you put it in your food and kind of makes it cohesive. Cocaine. <laughs> yes, cocaine we know. Um, so his health was shit, which is why he backed off of Star Trek. He had a stroke at 89. But while he was taking all, he had diabetes, though, and was on blood uh, yeah, pressure medication. Yeah, he had diabetes. Yeah, he had diabetes. In 91, he had another stroke, and they rushed him to his doctor, um, this they, part right here where he fucking dies sound like they just fucking didn't do anything. No, pretty much. They took him to the fifth floor <laughs> hey, of the doctor's office. He's struggling for breath. Um, he's the nurse is giving him oxygen. They send for his now wife, Majel Barrett. She gets there and basically holds him, trying to convince him to keep breathing. Yeah, it says uh, they encouraged. They put him in a fucking recliner and encouraged him to breathe. I was yeah. like. Somebody shocked that motherfucker and put some tubes on his face or something. He had a cardiac arrest and he died. Yeah. Um, and I mean, That's the doctor crazy. might have just been like, dude. Yeah. But it no matter what. I mean, yeah. But it's not even like they is... took him. To, it's like they wheeled him into the doctor's office where he was reclined. Yeah. And then it says, and they encouraged him to breathe. He might have been, he might have been on some hospice shit. Too, she was you know encouraging I mean? him like, to yeah. breathe. That was his wife. They weren't. They're like, no, nah, you can just sit there, sir. <laughs> just hang out. Just dude. chill. And I'll sign just this chill, real yeah. quick, and then I'll yeah. then stop breathing, please. So he died. There was a whole kerfuffle, uh, clusterfuffle Ooh, about truffle. his estate. Truffles. The trouble with Tribbles about his estate. Ah. Uh, they gave it to Majel Barrett, but then mm. his daughters came back and sued and said it belonged to his first wife. And then they mm. uncovered that he was fuck because he was kind of shysty dude. He had like money and some overseas assets mm-hmm. from the original mm-hmm. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So all this shit that wasn't claimed. I'm still trying to figure out how to do that shit right now. Yeah, bro. even like it, that. Even Major Barrett didn't mm-hmm. know about. So um, it was a big, long, lengthy legal wrangling, and eventually the the original wife got some of it, and Major Barrett yeah. kept some of it. Um, and then in '92, they flew some of his ashes into space. He was in the why? First why pack. would the original wife get some of it though? Like, sh- like. Like you divorced them, you got whatever you got. I like, guess if she it. was like, if mother she of children or anything, like maybe it doesn't matter. She, yeah, you got I what guess. you got. I don't know. Uh, California, I don't know. California. Um, so uh, he, um, after he died, uh, he went to Tupac Island because um, like after really he died, oh, I see what's going on here. The TV show Earth Final Conflict went that was that he was an executive producer on and wrote all the original story information for, uh, went for five seasons and 110 episodes after he was Damn. dead. Have you watched that? Is that good? Um, I didn't like Earth Final Conflict. Andromeda was okay. It starred Kevin Sorbo, a.k.a. Hercules. Mm, Kevin Bacon. Um, and that one went also five seasons, 110 Damn. episodes. 
Um, so they were both both based on his script Bible. So it was kind of a Tupac Island of yeah, I'm dead, but here's some new TV shows. Mm-hmm. Bitch, releasing a bunch of shit after yeah. dying. Um, yeah, that happens. And then as of three days ago, they're trying to make money ago, off you still. Exactly. <clears throat> um, three. I wonder how many podcasts we're going to do after we die. Exactly. But they also started to realize, oh shit, Deep Space not, or Star Trek: The Next Generation wasn't picked up by a network; it was just in syndication. Yeah. So all these small TV stations would pay money for the start, rights to show it, it yeah. um, and that was how, that was the model of it. And that was how Xena Warrior Princess worked, Hercules worked. That was a big fucking thing in the late '80s, early '90s. Some shows made tons of money on syndication by bypassing the big three mm. networks. You know, yeah. Um, and uh, when they saw how successful those shows were being, they were like, well, fuck it. We might as well put these other things into syndication and, and make some money off of those as well. Um, as of three days ago from when we're recording this, Variety announced that they're officially going into pre-production for a biopic about Gene Roddenberry. Um, the people who do Picard and Star Trek Discovery and his son are um, – the executive producers for it, but they haven't picked a director or hired anybody. Hmm. So what's that biopic? Just like a biography. A, yeah. A biography of him. Hmm. Um, so you can find out all the gritty grimy. Yeah. Stuff. You'll see all the yeah. gritty grimies that are in there and he all touched the other me stuff. in a certain yeah. area, which could just be a great, uh, biopic. Cause then you're going to, you know, weave in and out of the fucking star Trek set and yeah. people in the crazy sixties. And how weird he is. Fucking, who do they get yeah. to play Spock? And like, yeah. everybody's going to, you know, be all up on it. I could, I could see that. I mean, Trekkies are going to fucking eat it up. Oh know? yeah. You know, especially new content, you know, any yep. new content. Yep. That's why they're doing that. The show, like it's a new style, right. Uh, new style right. Uh, cartoon. Yeah. The lower decks. And yeah. it's going to, it's, you know, it, just new content. They and I was super excited about Picard and discovery. And I'm, I'm just not a big, huge fan. Like they just, they just break so far from that vision of utopian star Trek future that I have a hard time. Hmm. It's just generic sci-fi lost at this you. point. So kind of lost. Yeah. Uh, there's one in pre-production that's about captain Pike. You'll put it on in the background. I'll put, I'll watch it. that one. It's starring Anson Mount, who is in Hell on Wheels, and I really like him as an actor, yeah. and he's going to play Christopher Pike, so I'm looking forward to that one. The other ones are kind of feeling it. I might. We'll see what happens. So we got? Yep. All right. So social media winner for episode 599, the Voynich Manuscript, the most mysterious manual, is going to be Philodo. P-H-I-L-O-D-O-U-G-H. I just, I just messaged him on uh, Discord. Yeah. If it's a him, I don't know if it's a her. Him. Him. From uh, Instagram, uh, they were uh, they left a comment uh, in what I can only describe as maybe a Sean Connery accent. It said "fascinating," with the spelled fashion though. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for commenting on Instagram and on social media. That's huge for us. It, it's like the the taco truck. Yeah. There's nobody in front of the taco truck. You just keep on driving. Right. You see that taco truck with all those fucking people standing out there. There's a line and shit. Mm. you're the customer of the taco truck right now for us. Right. You're out there in line with your comments. So we appreciate that. Brad, you look sleepy as fuck, bro. Tired. I got to get up yawn? early. I was just thinking about getting up early. It's making <laughs> Made me tired. you more tired. Your eyes are wrecked. Um, so thank you for doing that. Um, we always try to reward that. We give away social media prizes every week uh, just for contributing on social media, whatever the platform. Uh, we look at everything. That Discord, though, is not really social media, I guess. But that's we've been doing it in there. No. I mean, right. it's still a lot of things... A lot of things. Um, just participating, engaging yeah, in the community that, yeah. that is SK. It, it is part honest. of the community. Yeah. There, great. There's a group on there that, that probably they're not 
talking on anything else. Yeah. yeah. And I have and to they're, say, they're engaging. In I know a lot of people that love Discord and just yeah. don't get on Facebook, yeah. don't get on well, There's no advertisement. It's just a chat. Yeah. It's kind of the ode to the old chat servers, kind of. you know? It's yeah. kind of cool. It's a constant um, conversation. Yeah. The, the other thing I want to say is like people that are like uh, against Facebook and they don't want to be on, they're like, oh, I'm on Facebook. I don't have Facebook. Man, it's just for the podcast, though. And like more specifically, like the podcast and then like a cooking group or something. Yeah. There yeah. are subgroups for Sofa King and there's a shit ton of them. There's like 30s. I don't yeah, know how many there are. There's, there's a, a bunch lot. of them for like automotive or guns or cooking or what fucking video games. Mental Whatever health. Music, movies. Yeah. Yeah, and it's people that also love Sofa King podcast and then they want to talk about movies. But it was like there there wasn't they didn't get people into yeah. a, like a more concentrated area where it yeah. wasn't the main group didn't qualify so they made these subgroups and it's fucking cool you know i go on the food yeah. one and post fucking and like pictures and, and like 50 50 percent of like all the listeners are cool yeah 50 percent. Right. the other half you guys suck well, i'm just saying like <laughs> yeah. there's some weirdos but man. you should check it and out if you're Facebook, weird you know if, you know who make you a are. fake name if you have to answer the yeah. security questions uh it, it's like it's worth the community like all I, time and time again we say it like all my fucking friends are from that that's that's where my friends are now and tons of people have, have met their best friends um in the and their husbands group. and wives if you love this show, met, yeah actually, there's other yeah. people that love the yeah. show as much yeah. as you do and it's just fucking cool you can talk about how you're both fans and what your favorite episode yeah. is and finally have common interest and yeah. find some of those and then go camping together and you go camping together yep yeah. what was it harkin harkin on somebody's dick mm-hmm. harkin 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 that shit take a handy harkin somebody's cock yeah uh, so anyways check that Captain's out thank you for, thank you for the social media um also we're part of the Podbelly podcast network you can go to podbelly.com to check out other pool co- pool podcast cool that's a fishing podcast. podcast um i fucked up last time too and went asian got the, <laughs> got the asian hate came oh, you'll come out of a podcast yeah yeah pool cod pass there, oh. there we, the fucking trinity is complete of asian hate right now yeah. that's it. not hate we love uh, asians love people claim though i elmer, wish i could elmer speak fudd, bro. i wish i could speak elmer you know, fudd get you get you fucking banned no not here we don't have hr though not here we'll de-platform us somehow anyways that's check right. out my age podcast also check out robots for eyes podcast my age is about music robots, robots for, eyes. for guys robots for guys super close to what we do um like we just covered beatles they just covered linen like uh they do a great job but they have accents so they sound smart Right, you know where we sound like we're in half speed yeah, all the we, time. They sound smart. We are smart. Yeah, That's maybe, the difference. Maybe, mm. maybe I don't know. Check them out though. Go to podbelly dot com. Um, also check He's out. It's real defensive over them, huh? Oh, you you notice that? He's very protective. I'm friends with them. I'm friends, I am friends with them. You know? Are you? Yeah. Disclaimer. Friends More with friends them. than cool. me? No. Oh, then fuck no. them. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. no. Oh, now you're making no. fun. Of, now you're making fun of New Yorkers. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Right near the beach. Um, uh, I, I'm doing not, a, a customer that I have. That's it's uh, a it's a very obscure inside joke there. No, oh, she turns it from like Miss Doubtfire to Jamaican <laughs> yeah. in a heartbeat. Oh, there, Brent. Oh, no, yeah, she's right, right near the beach. <laughs> <laughs> it's just was, a matter of excitement. What was the guy's name? Richard Barte. Yes, my dick, Barte. <laughs> Oh fucking Walter <laughs> Bailey said Walter Bailey messaged and said he's he's got a fight coming up and he was gonna put on his fight shorts. I'm gonna fuck you with my four inch man dick. But he <laughs> couldn't four get inch it, man dick, but bro. he couldn't get it printed soon enough. Uh-huh. So it's not gonna make it That's funny. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, what do you have? Fight to win, five five nine, fucking Fresno fight. Check out El Yucateco Hot Sauce. That is our primary sponsor. It is nutritious and delicious. You can get it at Target, Walmart, Amazon, most major grocery stores. It's at restaurants all over the fucking place. Um, you guys are doing a great job. If you're looking for Teco and you can't find it, you can find it on their website at lucateco.com. Use code SOFAKING to save some money while you're there. Um, if you do make an order on the website, leave a nice note and mention us, and that goes a long way for us. We really appreciate that. Um, as I stated in uh, the previous episode, we are working on an exclusive sticker that is not for sale. You cannot buy it. You can mm. only get it 
um, when you go to elliotcateco.com and make a purchase. They'll ship them out. And they will toss it in there if you use code SOFAKING or mention us in the notes. Um, so that's coming up. Also, thank you to Print Dirt Cheap. Go to printdirtcheap.com. You can save some money on printed goods using code SOFAKING as well if you need stickers and whatnot. Um, you can also check out Two Day Banners, uh, the number two day banners spelled out.com. Um, if you need a banner for any purpose, soccer team, business, whatever you're doing, you want to play a joke on your friend and put a, a six-foot dick across his garage door, you can do that, and you can do it in two days. Yeah. Two, two days from now, there could be a dick on your neighbor's door. So do that. Check it out. And also check out Jimmy D's Tees. You go to jimmydstees.com. Um, he does silk, silk screening. He's done a bunch of stuff for us. Um, you can get that stuff at soakingpodcast.com forward slash shop. He also can make it for you. So if you've got a band or business or some purpose that you need t-shirts or koozies, he does uh, like pint glasses and fucking coffee mugs. There's all kinds of cool stuff that he can do. And sometimes you just got cool shit you might already want. It's already done. You just buy it and put it on and wear it. And just like printer cheap has the best stickers. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy D's does quality work. He yeah, really does. Quality do silk Great work. fucking job. Yeah. yeah, he does a great job. Really good work. Um, and he's quick and he's affordable. So yeah, if you're looking that way or if you just want to buy something, go check him out. Um, also check out SKR Apparel at S-U-I-K-E-R Apparel.com. Use code SofaKing to save 10% over there. Check out RetroVague.com. Uh, use code 80skid if you're into 80s stuff. There's cool stuff over there. Go check that out. And... That is all I have. Oh man, school member of the month, uh, Matthew D. Adams. Yeah, I'm I'm about as tired as his mom. Yeah, <laughs> I felt sorry for her. Yeah, that bitch is worn out. Yeah, she's just I mean, dude after dude after dude mm-hmm. after dude, and the woman in there, and then dude and dude, right. and then another dude and another dude. It's just never ending. It's like a waterfall; it just keeps keeps coming. Literally, really? literally, yeah. Yeah. literally, literally, yeah. But she makes good money, though. Yeah. She makes good money. She's not one of those cheap whores. She should listen to TLC. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't chase them. They come to her. Exactly. So, yeah, she's not a cheap whore. She's an expensive <clears throat> whore. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's good. Respect and admiration to her. Yeah. She's callous uh, down there. It's like a catcher's uh, yeah. mat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She has Rawlings tattooed on one of the lips. <laughs> yeah. You can't wear that shit out, man. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. It's like slippery jerky. Yeah. yeah. That's how she... I mean, she even... Yeah, she's a tobacco. <laughs> she's a she's a tobacco chewer too, and she yeah. just puts it right in there. She oh, put really? it, yeah, she don't put it, she don't take a dip in her lip. Yeah, she, she puts spit. it. I mean, she sticks it up in her hip. Like yeah. that's how. <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> she can hit a brass spittoon with that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like some kind so. of Thailand ping pong ball, ball show. It's like. <laughs> I don't know how she does it. So yeah, so congratulations, Matt, on a great mom. Yeah, and uh, you know, can you afford her? No. Oh, no. hell no. Way out no. of your range. Yeah. Even yeah. sloppy seconds. She's yeah. high end. She's a high end <clears throat> sloppy yeah. whore. Yeah. Yeah. Where's she out of? Yeah. Um, I don't know. She has a place. She calls it sloppy hose. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can get sloppy joes in the lobby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A little yeah. restaurant and a whorehouse. Right. Yeah. right. It's where you can put your meat in the buns. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> sloppy joes and sloppy hose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what the D stands for there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what the D, what the D stands, D stands for. for. Yeah. <laughs> His mom actually came up with that motto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why she named him that. Yeah. 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 Gave her a whole life of being able to say that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh found Reddit, go to R forward slash Sofa King Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Sofa King Podcast. Personal Instagrams, I'm at Raise with Wolves. You have Sofa King Brent and Sofa King Dave. Also check out Eliketeco underscore hot sauce, Jimmy D's Tees, and Podbelly. And uh, check out the Spotify playlist, Sofa King Podcast 2021. And don't forget to not be a fuckface peasant. Go to patreon.com blackslash Sofa King Podcast and uh, join, the, uh, join the cult. 
Join the yeah. Skolt for just as uh, little as a dollar and get them bonus episodes that uh, yeah. we work so hard every week. Uh, it's like, you know, standing at the oven, you know, just yep. making these shows. Yep. Like uh, in the kitchen. Yep. Shrink it ding. Shrink it ding. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but. Shrink it ding. Shrink it dings? Shrink it Oh, shrink it dings for the shit. What? It's, it's like these you big put plastic oven. sheets and you'd color them. And then you what put the them in the fuck? oven and bake them, and they like shrink mm-hmm. into these little tiny, yep. like super brightly colored, like stained glass things. Uh, it's like the opposite yeah. of the thing that you put I... in the water that becomes giant. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I never heard of them. Shrinky yeah. things. All right. Well, back in the day. Learn something new every day. Back in the See? day. Learn something new every day. Yeah. All right. Don't be retarded. Mm-hmm.